Welcome to Kuden, the radio show and podcast for self-defense and martial arts news, interviews, techniques, and history. Hosted by Sheehan Jeffrey Miller and Shidoshi Eric White. Sheehan Miller is a 13th degree black belt and master instructor of Warrior Concepts International in Sunbury, Pennsylvania. Shidoshi Miller's martial arts career spans over 30 years and has taken him around the world to train with some of the world's best martial arts masters. Shidoshi Eric White has been a student of Sheehan Miller's for over a decade. Together, they will answer your questions, discuss techniques, history, and current issues important to you, the self-defense-minded citizen and the practicing martial artist. Submit your questions by email to warriorc at warrior-concepts-online.com. Hello and welcome to this next episode of Kuden. So glad you decided to join us. I'm Eric White, joined by Jeffrey Miller, and we're here to answer questions, talk about topics that are important to you uh, in terms of uh, martial arts training, but you know beyond, I think, just what most people think, oh, are we here to talk about techniques or uh, certain ways to make a fist? Uh, we cover that too. But um, kind of before we started, and something might be good to kind of touch on as we begin, um, before we, we started the program here, we were talking uh, about some things you were doing this week uh, and how you know investing in yourself is, I think, an important thing to do. Yeah, and I think that um, while a lot of instructors, you know, talk about you know, going to Japan and training or still training with their teacher or whatever, um, I think that every area in our lives, uh, or every, every area in our life, either one, um, uh, you know, if it's worth uh, doing or getting better at or whatever, we should never lose sight of the fact that it's always good to have uh, mentors or guides or, uh, you know, just to keep that investment going whether it's books or online courses or whatever it is, because, um, you know, there's always, there's always something new to learn, and um, there's always better ways to do things. I mean, you know, um, uh, so, yeah, so what I was doing this week was investing in myself. I, I went through a couple of other courses. Now, these were all about, you know, making my, my business ventures better, and this isn't a business podcast or whatever, but just – was more about clarifying the message so that people are more clear about what I do. And my goal uh, for this next round, regardless of whether I'm promoting a seminar or relaunching one of my online programs or this podcast or whatever, is somebody should be really clear about what what I'm doing or what I'm offering or what it is that they're going to get out of it or whatever. Um, within the first, they should be clear about what, what the topic is within the first five seconds of seeing things, right? I mean, um, cell phones and self-induced ADD have kind of made it necessary to get that message in under 10 seconds because people lose uh, they lose focus very, very quickly. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so it's all about clarity. And um, based on what I learned this week, it's also going to allow me to make little tweaks to the way I describe techniques or set things up in the dojo um, not just to get to the point faster, but to, you know, also make sure that, that students are real clear on uh, not just the technique we're working on, but what the objective is, right? What is the mm-hmm. technique doing? What kind of situation does this uh, best fit into and all that? Um, which, again, I think is, you know, um, maybe not necessary in the first part of training where people are just trying to figure out where to put their foot or how to how to form their body into a kamai or whatever, but... Um, you know, at a certain point, we need to start developing the skills of assessment and, 
people throw the word henka around a lot, you know, variation. Uh, mm. But mm-hmm. variation is born of assessment and so adaptability comes because you recognize that some change is needed from the normal course to either uh, follow something to stay with some well follow something stay with something to um, to adjust to something or go around it um, and or to get back on course because something knocked us off course so um, yeah I just uh, so it's going to help me with clarity. How about that? We'll just we'll let it go with that. My, my brain's kind of baked. <laughs> it's Friday, <laughs> and I well, I, like, I rammed through like three courses this week and took tons of freaking notes and just all kinds <laughs> of stuff. But, you know, and we're relaunching well, that uh, urban. Remember that urban survival school that uh, Mark Boer and I put together three years ago, mm, and uh, mm-hmm, the seminar mm-hmm. and all that. Well, Mark got injured in the in the interim. And uh, we had really big plans for that. So we just had a uh, – so another one of my this week things was I had a, my our first strategy meeting with Mark yesterday, and we're going to be relaunching that program with some update, uh, upgrades, updates, and cool tweaks and stuff like that. So we're all jazzed about that as well. Not that I have extra time in the schedule, but, hey, you know, <laughs> I can wrap it up dead, I guess. Yeah. Well, and it it really jumps out at me too that you know this is part of being kind of that uh, fully fully realized person. Uh, you know, so many times we talk about martial arts skills and training, and uh, people, as you kind of pointed out, focus on training or training in Japan or wherever they might go. But um, you know, people can work and get down a, a really good ganseki, but um, you know, can't quite figure out their finances or can't quite get ahead at their job at work or you know, so uh, I, I like how that, you know, kind of further goes beyond to uh, more aspects of life beyond just the techniques and the dojo floor. And, you know, we're talking about building skills and and kind of living a lifestyle that helps you continue to grow as opposed to just focused on uh, the, the physical aspect of martial arts. Right. Well, you know, the other thing, too, that a mentor and a guide does is, it, uh, is that person – gives us insight and um, perspective outside of our own normal thing. Because as Einstein said, you can't solve a, so, you can't solve a problem with the same mind that created it, right? So uh, you, need, you need a sounding board. You need somebody to say, hey, you know, have you thought about this? Or, uh, you know, I know that you're really married to that thing, but how's that working for you, okay? If it's not allowing you to walk the talk um, to the extent that you would like it to, then perhaps you're missing something, right? So here's some ideas, right? And they're worth their weight in gold. Um, but what you were just talking about there, I think we said they've mentioned this stuff over and over again. And, you know, on top of that, we, we, we mentioned this on a regular basis, but the, the amount of knowledge that Takamasa they passed on to Hatsumisa they outside of the techniques, right? Uh, those books that he wrote for him, you know, in the interim between meetings, right, from one week to the next, um, you know, all that stuff. Uh, but... There were two books that were very significant to my training uh, that came actually from two teachers, uh, two of the longest training teachers here in the West, and um, very little within these books has anything to do with the the fighting aspect. And when I say very little, I mean, like, you know, maybe a chapter or so. Uh, hmm. the, the, the books, um, one by Jack Hoban, uh, was called Ninpo Living and Thinking as a Warrior. 
Uh, and if folks haven't read it, I highly, highly suggest it. If folks have read it, I highly, highly suggest that they go back and reread it. Uh, as a matter of fact, whenever somebody is, is going through one of my programs and there's reading or even the recordings that, that I do or the, the weekly classes that I do for my, my long-distance guys, right, um, I'm always suggesting that they that they go through that same lesson three times, right? So if they're live on it, like people are live on this one, right? The first time through, they just they just listen or they just go through the the course, right? They if it's a slide presentation or whatever, they just they go through the lesson. The next time they do it, they uh, pull out a notebook and they go through it and they're listening for things that just jump out at them, right? So. This is going to requ require the stop, start, or pause, play button um, a lot, and thank God that we're, you know, doing it digitally now and we're not doing it with the old tape recorder things because you can wear out uh, mechanisms really, really fast. So, um, but then they can take notes, and then the third time they go through it, uh, what they should be focusing on is what they're working on or what they should be working on in the moment. Um, and so, you know, look over the notes from the second pass-through and identify those things that you want to work on or that will support and improve the things you're already working on, and then go through it again and specifically listen for anything and everything that highlights that, that area of study, right? So hmm. when we recommend that people reread books, I mean, you've heard me say this stuff for years, right? Um, you're not going to just read it once. Right. Every time you make some advancement in your in your training or some progress, reread it. And I'm not just talking about need to books. I mean books on success and you know personal development. And you know if you're uh, if you're uh, I don't know a manager or a business owner or whatever, then read read and reread things on leadership and and uh, you know uh, motivating people and things like that. If you're in business for yourself, you know you're gonna reread those things. Because as you make advancements, you're going to see things on those second, third, 15th passes or whatever that you completely missed the first time. There's going to be things that you now see and it makes perfect sense, right? Well, the first time around, you thought it meant one thing and now, oh, wow, look at that, right? It was right there in front of me. Here I've been, you know going to 15 different teachers, I've taken, you know, a bunch of different things, I've read 17 other books or whatever, and it was right there the whole time, how the hell did I miss that, right? Other times, you're going to see things that jump out, but like the first or second or 15th time or whatever, it jumps out as a, huh, you know, as one of those, I need to look into that kind of thing. Um, you know, we, we always need to remember that the first time we got, an, uh, got a lesson, and in, in Buddhism, in Mikyo, it's, it's called this, right? It's an initiation, right? It's a, uh, an introduction to it, right? So, and we always think we know. We always think we, we understand the lesson, right? But you can always tell when somebody doesn't because they're still doing their ganseki the exact mm -hmm. same way they learned it way back in the day, or they're still doing it in the same context or they're still parroting the same words that their teacher used, and they, they don't have any new ones of their own, right? They, they can't associate it with other things. Or if they can, it's still in the basic, the early intermediate level, right? So, um, you know, um, so yeah, I mean, highly, so Ninpo living and thinking as a warrior is just freaking 
brilliant. Um, and then the other one is uh, Warriorship by Bud Malmstrom. Uh, and that was a limited run. I don't even know if people could find that anymore. But um, he always did say that if he ever wrote a book uh, needed to, it would be wrapped around philosophy and, and life, uh, life philosophy and stuff, not around fight skills because every everybody and their brother is writing books on, you know, technique and stuff like that. So, you know, good stuff. So, but if, you, if you've read it, great, reread it. If you haven't read it, what the hell are you waiting for? So, um, you know, and go back to the books that you think you've read and ignore the book, ignore the chapters with the step-by-step -step techniques and take a look at the chapters on history and ask yourself, how's that relevant to me today where I live, right? And not in a pessimistic way either. I'm tired of people throwing the, the oh, woe is me, life sucks, look at the way our country's going and all that kind of stuff. I get it. There's problems, okay? But as long as you own them, then you own those problems too instead of, you know, what if, what if they weren't a problem? What the hell would you blame then, right? So how about if you just not, right? Are they there? Sure. When would they affect you? When they pop up in front of you, not because you keep your eye on them. There's an old saying that a teacher gave me a long time ago that energy flows where attention goes, right? Or energy goes where attention, whatever, something like that, right? Energy goes where attention flows. So, hmm. or energy flows where attention goes, right? So whatever you're putting your attention on, positive, negative, productive, destructive, or whatever, that's where all your energy's going, right? That's where your attention's going. That's what's helping to shape and reshape and modify uh, your uh, brain, everything from your brain synaptic pathways, um, which ultimately become your habit patterns and, and things that you do on autopilot, right? Um, so, you know, if, if we really are creatures of habit, how about if we just start by developing habits that will be, um, one, will be productive for us all the time. And they're easy to check, right? And two, habits that uh, will, that'll be the default way that we're operating when we forget to pay attention to how we're operating, hmm. right? It's kind of like driving, right? You're driving and you're daydreaming or you're talking to somebody in the car or you're fishing around for a new radio station. Not that any of these things are legal, but anyway, <laughs> right? Um, you're driving along and you're making little minor adjustments on the steering wheel. You're adjusting the speed of the vehicle. You're watching around you, uh, you know, things like that. And you're not doing it consciously, but you know where you are and what's going on. So that's the habit pattern. That's not just about the way we do our kata. That should be the mindset. Right? And, and maybe, maybe, I was, maybe I was, I don't know, maybe I was um, duped when I got into this art because apparently everybody that's been training in the last 10 or 15 years knows way more According to them, they know way more than those of us who started 30 years ago, right? And um, maybe I was duped because all the lessons back then, uh, from Hatsumi Sensei all the way down, were about being a successful person who was in control of their life and wasn't a complainer, wasn't a whiner, those kind of things, right? And um, I don't know what happened to that. I don't know because when I get the line. God knows, there's either, and, and there's nothing worse in the martial arts world than the egocentric mentalities that rule. And I think it's just part and parcel with the thing, because um, often people that are drawn to 
martial arts um, are either competitive by nature or they have a need to be the hero of the story. And I think all human beings do anyway. But they have a need to be the hero of the story. They need to be that guy or girl that's the go-to person that has the answers. And um, so that in and of itself breeds competitive, competitiveness, right? So instead of there being a nurturing of people who don't know any better or whatever, right, um, they just fall into the same trap that everybody else is doing, except it's not politics, it's not religion, it's not whatever. It's let's bash the guy who doesn't do the technique the way I was taught was the perfect way to do it or, you know, no. whatever. So, you know, and, you know, how many of them actually have um, street or combat experience or, or anything like that, right? Um, so it is what it is, but this, this still goes back to the, you know, keep studying, keep, keep doing what you're doing. Um, you and I were talking earlier this week because one of, those little, one of these little things crept up online, and we can <laughs> chuckle at things like this because, you know, while people want to come to me as an expert, um, and, yes, I have my stuff out there and I'm, you know, presenting myself as somebody who can help, the reality is that I've never, I've never offered myself out as an expert to the experts, right? Because the reality hmm. is, is that any teacher only has to be better than the people that he or she is helping. They only have to be an expert to those people because yeah. you'll get them to a new level and, if, you know, you're not helping them anymore, they'll go in search of another teacher, right? I mean, that's just the way nature works, right? Um, so that's really what it comes down to. I mean, you know, everybody from... Well, let's, we were talking about Buddhism there, right? Siddhartha Gautama, the Shakyamuni Buddha, the, the original guy that, that discovered all that stuff, right? Um, he had lots of teachers before he sat down under that tree and, you know, whatever. So people often think, you know, he, well, he discovered this stuff, from, this stuff for himself. And, mm, see, I beg to differ because he had other teachers. And while a yeah. lot of people who were, quote, unquote, purists would believe that, you know, uh, those teachers didn't help him at all. They actually, like, you know, they all had bad philosophy, so he had to go sort it out for himself. But whether somebody offers you bad information or good information, you ultimately have to validate it and test it out and make it work for you. So I have, those teachers absolutely did help him get to higher levels of understanding, if by no other means than providing a piece of the puzzle he didn't have beforehand, Right. And yeah. or, you know, if they had something that had a hole in it, right? He had to go and, and do the work himself. Um, so, you know, was he perfect? I don't know. The doctrine says that he was, but I wasn't <laughs> there. You know, and how come he said they said the same thing? I remember being in a, in a, in a uh, class at Homeboo one time. That's me since they talking about, you know, um, Ninja 2 and Ninja doing this or whatever. And he says, you know, speaking of this, um, you know, I'm giving you my best interpretation of what I think occurred based on what my teacher taught me, based on what I see in the scrolls, based on just some, you know, some deep level thinking. Is that actually way, the way it happened? And he looked right at me and he said, I don't know, I wasn't there, right? Hmm. Which, those are the kind of things that keep me going back because that's a teacher that is just freaking honest, you know? Um, Every once in a while, if you if you can just unglaze your eyes and take off the rose-colored glasses, 
you know, and, and look at your teacher and recognize that they're on a path too. They may be way far farther ahead than you are, but they're on a path too, right? So this isn't to shoot the teacher down, right? Yeah. But recognize that, you know, they're – and if they don't have a teacher, if they're not – they don't have a guide or a mentor and they're not still working, you'll know very shortly because if you are, you'll catch up. Hmm. Okay? So at that point, you have a choice. Will loyalty keep you with them, or will your drive to be the person you set out to be, which was another failing that a lot of people have, they really don't have an, a, a successful end of the story in mind, right? They, they, don't, they don't, you know, other than, well, I want to earn my black belt, or I want to be a 10th degree. What the hell does that mean, right? What skills do you want to have? What, what, what results are you producing now, and how, what's the gap between that and what kind of results you want to be producing. Because once you understand the gap, once you've done that little analysis or assessment, you'll know what you need to be working on. Not because you're waiting for your teacher to tell you to do it, but because you know you need that, so, you know, you go to do it. If you run into trouble with it, you may ask your teacher, and they, they may look at you and say, well, that's good, you're not wrong, but you need to work on these three things before you can work on that because that is dependent on your ability and understanding of these three things or whatever it is, right? Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I think mentors are, are just huge, right? I mean, you and I both yeah. still have them. And, you know, anyway. Well, and I think so much connecting, too, with, with those who really do have kind of that heart of a teacher, uh, you know, versus those we run into, and I think they're in, you know, not just martial arts but anywhere, those who, you know, getting back to that egocentric kind of thing, want to be the teacher because they want, you know, all eyes on them or to be seen as the expert. and uh, Or because they have no other control of any other part of their life, and within those right. four walls, you know, they get to be God. You right. know? So whatever it is, and that's, you know, it, it is what it is. And I'm, I'm okay with being the guy I am because I'm still working on things. Uh, we'll let you know if there's a hole in our understanding and whenever we present things, even the videos that you put out, right, this is, you know, this is based on what we understand, or we're putting out something that's, you know, it's it's funny that somebody had knocked the video that no. you did with the sword draw, yeah. but they never said anything about the fact that you had the sword in your belt and you were wearing work clothes, <laughs> right? So, um, I don't know. I guess that's a good thing. But anyway, yeah. you know, um, where are we going with that? What, what did you just... Um, uh, crap! I, my brain just fell out. Uh, oh. <laughs> what, what, what was well, your, those what who your, really, you know, those who have kind of the heart of a teacher, looking to oh, you right. know, share share knowledge gained versus the ego center. Yeah. So, you know, look so at me. I'm going to be relaunching the that instructor training program that we did. I don't know, like five six years ago. That mm. was for somebody that just was all out wanting to run a dojo or a training group and all that. So there was a well, there was an instructor. Uh, uh, module, not a module, but a instructor um, block of training in that. It was like a 15-week course. There was an instructor block to it. There was a dojo management block to it, and there was an advertising marketing block to it, right? So when I relaunch it, I'm going to break it down into three different programs because, one, it was a huge endeavor, and, uh, two, I think that people would benefit by having it um, in different parts. Because some people didn't sign up because it was 
you know, they had more stuff than they wanted to get involved in. But uh, you went through the instructor training program at least once uh, at the dojo because I don't just let people jump out on the floor and teach a class unless yeah. they've learned how to actually communicate and not, uh, I don't know, just do show and tell kind of thing, right? They have mm -hmm. to be able to nurture and move people, right? Well, um, I don't know if you remember or not, but a big part of the first aspect, the first part of that um, program was on uh, leadership. And mm -hmm. the lesson was that your class or dojo or training group or whatever is a direct reflection of you, your beliefs, how you operate, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff, right? So people that kind of throw a hodgepodge of things together tend to be that way, right? Yeah. Um, or they don't know things deeply enough, so they're just kind of doing the show and tell or whatever, right? So, uh, but as a part of that leadership module, one of the lessons that we had was in defining the differences between a coach, an instructor, and a teacher. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. Do you remember that? So we define we defined a coach, and if we think about a coach in the world, right, uh, they're usually associated with sports and things like that. But if you if, if you've ever been involved in a, in an organized sport where you had a coach, um, you can probably relate to this, unless you had somebody that was just a freaking alien from another planet, and they were they were <laughs> an exception to the rule. Most coaches are really good at helping people with a natural ability. And what they do is they give pointers for the person to get better, right? They're good at organizational, yeah. maybe they're good at strategy things or whatever. But what ends up happening in a lot of these groups and teams is the coach gives less and less attention to people who are maybe brand new, they don't have a natural uh, ability or whatever, and what they're really doing is biding their time until that person quits, right, because then they don't have to worry about dealing with them. And they may try to be nurturing and motivational and all that, but coaches will do one of two things. They either bring the entire team down to a mediocre level because they're trying to not let the new guys feel bad, but they don't know how to fix them and make them better, right? Or yeah. they spend all their time on the guys with potential and the ones who are already good because they're their stars and they're, they're focused on winning. So these other guys – kind of fall by the wayside, right? But, that, but that's a coach. So we have coaches in the dojo as well, okay? They happen to be student volunteers that are part of what we call our SWAT team. Um, and SWAT was named after uh, a um, kind of a loose translation of one of the, uh, I think it's a kotoryukata called koyoku, which means wing and talon. So uh, it's, you know, Shidoshi's wing and talon. So mm -hmm. pretty cool, right? But anyway, um, so these people are learning how to help their fellow students. They actually help the instructor in class, but they're helping their fellow students to do better or whatever. They're not there to teach. They're there, you know, the, the instructor has, has taught the lesson or the teacher has taught their thing. And uh, so these people, you know, maybe assigned a, maybe a new person or whatever. So they're helping them to get that lesson, right? Put your arm here, put your leg here, don't forget this step, that kind of thing, right? It's just little tips, right? Because the student watched the lesson. So here's just a kind of a sounding board. Don't forget this part, don't forget this part, kind of thing. So we have coaches, right? But unless there's 
you know, the instructor's called away for a phone call or something and is right there to still oversee things, and, you know, the, the SWAT person is just kind of watching and maybe giving some hints and tips, uh, they don't take over the class, right? So that's, that's how coach fits in in our dojo. But there are a lot of dojo and training groups that are run, that are run by people who are called sensei or uh, martial arts instructors or whatever, but are really operating like a coach, hmm. right? And you can tell because they have really tiny groups, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody has to be just like them. Uh, they're not really good at helping anybody get um, uh, get moving, getting any traction when the person doesn't have a natural ability, maybe, or whatever, okay? So that's a coach. An instructor is defined as somebody who instructs, right? They pass on data. They um, they do the step-by-step thing here, and they share the lessons and all that. So they're just like, you know, college professor or, you know, any other kind of instructor that um, they they have a body of knowledge, and they're sharing that body of knowledge. Okay, so it's, it's pretty simple, right? I mean, this is it's a it's a medium level. It's an okay level, right? Um, but again, they're not really good at addressing students at that student's particular level, right? They tend to throw around a whole lot of knowledge and technique and things like that because that's what they know. But they're missing a key element, and that is how to communicate to somebody based on that person's learning level, how to communicate to somebody at that person's progress level or whatever. Mm-hmm. So what they end up doing, and this is part of my clarity thing here for this week, to get even better at doing this, because I use NLP to make it happen, but um, to make it even clearer is to make sure that the words that I'm using don't require students or the people that are encountering my stuff for the first time to make sure that they don't have to burn more calories in trying to decipher what I just said than they absolutely have to. Because when we think about the way the human being is wired, right, we're wired with two primary characteristics and they both revolve around survival, okay? The first characteristic is to do things and engage in things and to be drawn to things that allow us to survive and thrive, okay? So, uh, you know, if we're, it's a good thing to learn that, you know, don't step off on the street if there's a car coming because that is counterproductive to surviving, okay? And thriving is about things that will make us more successful, more effective, and people can relate to that in the martial arts, right, because self-defense and personal development is about surviving and thriving, which is why I mm-hmm. use the terms self-protection and personal development because those are the two key pieces that people are looking for, right? But, and here's the big but, however, um, the other key characteristic or the other key driver or motivator that we human beings have is the need to conserve calories, right? That means that Hmm. what the way I've said this in the past is human beings naturally seek out the easiest path from point A to point B. All of our inventions do that. Every time somebody tries to go somewhere, they move into a new town or whatever, we're always looking for shortcuts. Some people Mm. shortcut Mm. and break the law. Other people take other shortcuts or whatever. But we're looking to streamline processes. We're looking to make things not just more effective but more efficient, right? We're looking to save time, effort, money, resources, you know, wear and tear on ourselves and all that, right? And believe it or not, scientifically speaking, thinking – 
and or trying to decipher somebody's communication burns calories. That's mm -hmm. why if you've ever been in school and you've crammed for a test, right, you weren't physically active. You sat on your ass for how many hours and you studied <laughs> and then you took the test and you were just absolutely freaking wiped out, Yeah. right? Anybody that's ever been in the law enforcement, specifically the bodyguard realm, right, I can't tell you the number of friends that have looked at me, uh, you know, they've been in an event and I've been on the job or they've seen some movie or, you know, whatever. And they're the bodyguards and the stuff and like, like, my God, give me that job. They'll, you know, they're just standing around. At the end of the day, you are mentally and physically wiped because you're paying attention to so much stuff, right? It burns calories, right? And this is something that instructors need to get that if the way you're communicating something to someone, and for those of my, the, the guys that are listening in or whatever, that are in sales, that are in management, that are running their own businesses or whatever, right? If you're not talking to the level of, the per, of, of your customer, client, student, whatever, right, so they can easily understand, you're causing them to burn more calories, and if you cause them to burn calories over their threshold, they will tune out. And in the martial arts world, tuning out to, uh, you know, beyond a certain extent, not just glazing over every once in a while in class because something literally went over your head, but tuning yeah. out too much and too often, now they're not in class anymore. And who does the instructor blame? The student, because the student's not committed enough. When really the student didn't have the, the motivation to stay, right? They were burning too much, too many calories for too little return on investment in the survive and thrive department, okay? So that's coach and instructor, right? Then we defined a teacher. And the simple definition of a teacher, the teacher not only coaches and instructs, there's that teaching, right? But they inspire, they motivate. But the biggest thing they do is they have an ability to take someone who has walked in the door or joined the training group and regardless of that person's ability, background, experience, or whatever, can walk that person step-by-step step to that person's highest potential, which may not be their highest potential. It may hmm. not be anybody else in that training group's highest potential, but it can move that person to their highest potential. And what that requires of that teacher is that that teacher not only pays attention to that student but also learns a lot about them, learns how they learn best, learns, you know, uh, what their background is so they can use a vocabulary uh, that matches that person's experience. So this person doesn't have to retranslate new words. You know, and you've heard me do this in, in class when, when I'm talking to Richard Snyder, who hmm. is a farmer, right? Yeah. I use farming terminology to relate to things in class. When I was talking to, let's see who else was around when you were around, Phil West, who was mm -hmm. a carpenter and handyman kind of thing, right? I would use carpentry and builder terminology, right? Am I a builder or a carpenter? No. Am I a farmer? No. But, see, that's my responsibility to learn about certain things and how that relates, right? Mm. And sometimes that might even be to look at the student and go, I'm talking about this levering kind of thing here. What kind of machines do you have that do this thing? 
So they'll go, oh, do you mean like this? Yeah, you know, like tailing or whatever, right? You need to do, you know. So I'll use the, the vernacular that that person is the most familiar with. Right. I don't use that vernacular on somebody who's a lawyer. I use something else. So this not only establishes rapport, but it also, in that student student's mind, tells them that I get them, even if I don't, right? It's not a manipulation of them. It's a manipulation of me, and this is what people need to understand. I'm not manipulating the, the students. I'm hmm. manipulating me. I'm, I'm, I'm becoming so adaptable that I can talk to each individual student at that student's level on their terms hmm. based on things that they understand so it gets them from – where they are in the understanding paradigm uh, arena, how about that for a better word, right, to closer to where they want to be faster, right, because I'm not just parroting words that were used on me that I understood, right? And this is a big thing that, that instructors need to get their head wrapped around. Two things. One, teaching time is not training time. And two, when you're out on the floor teaching, it's not about you. It's not about you, right? When you're on the floor in your teacher's class or at a seminar as a student, then it's about you. It's about you trying to get better and the teacher being there to help you. When you're on the floor as a teacher, it's not about you. It doesn't matter what you understand, what problems you had that you had to fix or whatever. All that matters is whether the student understands and what problems the student has that they need to fix. And you need to be really good at that, right? Mm. Regardless of the level of your physical tajitsu skill or your ability to draw a sword or whatever, right, can you communicate the lesson? Can you communicate the idea? You know, because we can always admit, I just did it the other day in, in black belt class, you know. I brought this thing out and we were doing uh, uh, the bokat, the yoko menuch, right? But we were doing it from the yoko yu side, right? Hmm. And while this isn't a, a kata, it's more of a waza, right? We just gave it a name, right? Uh, Menunchi gata, right? But it wasn't, it's not true gata, right? But it's it's how to do it from the gyoko perspective, right? As I was taught, right? So I haven't, I haven't done this a lot. I did it in a class or two, and I pulled these notes out. So that's what I explained. Guess what I'm working on? Guess what you're working on in black belt class tonight, right? Because you need it as well, right? So there we were, right? Um, but that's, you know, so there's coach, there's instructor, and there's teacher. A coach not good at helping people who aren't already decent or don't, you know, pick up on things quickly uh, because all they're doing is tossing out hints and tips for, for getting better, right? Um, an instructor just conveys information. They're teaching a course, right? But a teacher... That's the person who can take somebody regardless of their level and their, their, you know, knowledge base or whatever and get that person to their next level or their fullest potential, right, because the focus is on that particular person. When I'm teaching in class, I play three roles. When I'm demonstrating a technique, I'm just instructing. Do this, right? When yeah. I go over and I, when I talk to students individually to help fix their mistakes, at that point I become teacher and coach 
because depending on the person that I'm talking to, because some some people they're brand brand new, you know, I just need to say, look, okay, you're doing well with this. Now with this thing right here, what we need to do is we need to fix this. So what I need you to do is instead of putting your foot right there, okay, see where I put my foot? I want you to step on it the next time you step back. Okay, so I want you to understand this angle, but for right now, you'll figure out the angle. But for right now, the correct angle is step on my foot. I won't let you do it. I'll move my foot, but step on my foot, right? Hmm. So mm-hmm. it, it may be that, right? But when I'm talking to the person before class, after class, or I'm helping them, you know, through an issue where needed to would help them, you know, with that relationship yeah. or that job or whatever, then I'm talking to them from that perspective of guide or mentor or whatever, but I'm talking to them about, you know, here's some ideas, here's some things, right? Um, I don't even, and I'll have to admit, I don't know you personally or whatever, and I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm not, right? Um, But based on what you've told me, right, have you tried this, this, and this? Okay? Um, You know, it might not be a bad idea kind of thing, right? Um, But I'm certainly not there to walk around with my chest puffed out like, I've got all the answers. And, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> no. And, and like I said, we only need to be the expert or the, the, the teacher or whatever for the people who know less than we do. Right? So I, I always have to chuckle, and, I, and you do it too, when we run into these people online who are constantly knocking other people. Yeah. Um, well, at least the, those people are out there helping to spread the art. They're helping to do certain things, and they can get people to a certain level. If that suddenly fails that student, that student will go off. Now, that's different than the charlatans, okay, Mm -hmm. because the students will also figure out at some point that this person doesn't know their ass from holy ground, and they'll go look for somebody. But either way, right, if the the teacher is is still learning themselves, then they'll be making improvements as they move along, and they'll be getting better, and they'll make little adjustments to the teachers uh, to the students' lessons, right? Um, you know, in 30 years, uh, I've admitted a bunch of times. I'll come back from Japan and go, okay, I know we've been doing it this way for a long time. There's a little tweak in there. There's something I was missing, so we're going to put this in there. We're going to we're going to start doing it from now. I apologize for um, having missed that part, or for having missed that lesson, or whatever. Uh, but you've gotten to here, it's just a little tweak. We're just going to do this little thing, right? Yeah. And we're all going to get better, right? Um, and I just, that, that transparency and, and, well, you know, I mean, we lose very little stu- very few students. And I think it's because of that transparency and that authenticity, right? Yeah. Um, but anyway, I'm, I'm not um, I'm not kicked in the balls by any of these people because I've got my own life to live. I've got, you know, I'm, I'm certainly studying and, and I've got – tons of notebooks full of things that I'm still working through. Um, I don't have the luxury of continuing to work on things that I'm already pretty decent at or I feel uh, pretty decent at. I could be wrong, but there's lots of other things that I need to work on to shore up other areas of my life or, uh, you know, to to get to a new level of success or to make sure that, you know, my, my life isn't bleeding time, effort, and money. Yeah. Or energy, or whatever, right? Um, you know. So, anyway, why don't you throw something on that fire? I talk often enough in these things. My wife, <laughs> my wife, wants to know why I don't talk after I come home from the dojo. 
I talk for a freaking living. <laughs> yes. I've looked at other, have you ever looked at somebody and said, do you ever get tired of hearing the sound of your own voice? Right? I know I've said that to people. Well, <laughs> when I get home at the end of the day, I am tired of hearing the sound of my own voice. So my wife has to feel like a dentist by trying to extract <laughs> yeah. from me. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, in radio, radio, we uh, we say, yeah, yeah you only have, uh, a guy once told me, he says, you know, you only have so many words a day that you can use. And, uh, right. you know, once they're all used up, you know, you're done. So, so you're just spinning your wheels. We tend to use up all our words for the day <laughs> working in radio. So we don't have very many left by the time the, the day's done. And think about all the calories, right? I mean, you, you, when we're thinking, and this is something people need to get their head wrapped around, yes, pun intended. Thinking <laughs> burns calories, right? The people who aren't burning calories are not just the ones who aren't going to the gym. They're the ones who are requiring that their brain doesn't um, dream about or think about, um, you know, how to, how to make their life better or how to uh, get to Disneyland with the kids this year or whatever, right? And the quickest way to shut off your brain, because it doesn't even really truly shut off when uh, you sleep, right, because we dream and all that stuff, right? The thing, scientists have proved, proved, yeah, proved, proven, okay? One, that 30% uh, of, um, of your day, okay, is spent daydreaming. Do you know that? Hmm, wow. Daydreaming, 30%, okay? But the only time that your brain actually goes into rest mode is when you are either reading or watching something that is a story that you want to involve yourself in. What mm. that means is that uh, you are watching a movie or whatever, cause, right? Because we can sit perfectly still for freaking 90 minutes or two hours or whatever and watch a movie or watch a TV show or whatever. We can read a book for a long period of time, right? And it doesn't have to be a story story like as in fiction, right? Uh, it could be a business book or whatever, but the best ones – kind of weave stories in and tell anecdotes and stuff like that. Because what happens is that writer or that screen art, screenwriter or whatever has given you the story, so you're just following along, right? You're not burning calories making up the story, right? You're watching the story unfold in front of you or you are, um, you know, you're reading and things, and that uses a little bit more but it actually puts the brain more into a rest mode because it doesn't have to do the thinking or the processing or the creating of the story, right? So um, pretty cool thing. Yeah. 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 So do we have anything else today to talk about? Um, uh, well, you, you had shared or... kind of this uh, funny little video with me. Uh, uh, about how to how to survive a knife attack. I love that, but it just kind of pointed back to some of what you already talked about, kind of like the egocentric nature of, of people in the martial arts and thinking, you know, that there's just a particular way to do something. Or, um, <laughs> but uh, this this yeah, video well, is great. Yeah, that video. We could, we could share that on the uh, on the yeah. uh, page so that people know what we're talking about. But basically, it's this it's this the, the guy introduces himself. What is he? Um, the obnoxious one. <laughs> Mr. Obnoxious or something like that, yeah. right? But he identifies himself as a special forces uh, 
Navy SEAL Ranger, which is really <laughs> funny because that bridges across um, several military uh, uh, branches, right? Yeah. So, but he's dressed basically as Army, could be Marine, whatever. Uh, but he's going to he's going to sh- demonstrate the defense against the knife attack, and so the camera pans to the attacker, and then the attacker looks baffled, and when it pans back, it has to keep panning because the guy has just like beat feet and run, right? And I thought that was just <laughs> that would have been a, that, that, that makes a perfect lesson that goes along with a lot of this stuff because again, based on that egocentric nature that a lot yeah. of martial artists have, which is counter. Uh, to the the whole ninja way of doing things is, you know, the, they they feel the need to step in and fight. They feel the need to win. They feel, you know, so everything is wrapped around, um, you know, disarming the knife wielder or disarming the gun guy or, you know, uh, whatever. And it's not that these things aren't important. They're learned first because until you learn strategically and tactically how to manufacture a life where you're just never seen as a target, right? Yeah. You run the risk of coming face-to-face with somebody. But mm-hmm. the, the less work you do in assessing situations, identifying problems before they get close enough to touch you, escape and evasion tactics, dissuasion and distraction things, de-escalation, all that stuff, then you're boxing yourself into where, yeah, you're going to have to fight, Right. Yeah. But that should be the last thing. I mean, I don't know how many times Hatsumi said they have to has to say this. You know, just a couple of uh, was it? I don't know if it was one of my long distance calls with my students, or if mm. it was one of these things. We talked about one of Hatsumi Sensei's quotes, which was, "If a ninja has to draw a sword, he's already lost." Do, do, do we cover that in in one of the kudan no. things? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay, but if a ninja draws uh, a sword, he's already lost. And yeah. the whole idea is. You're supposed to be invisible. You're supposed to get in, get out, accomplish results, and nobody knows you did it. But for those who have mega ego things going on, they have to be recognized. Do you know what I mean? So they have to be the savior of the day. They have to be the guy who knows everything. Uh, And this goes right into technique as well. They put all of their eggs in one basket, and it's all about physical technique. It's all about you know, pinning somebody to the ground and all that, are they important? Yes, of course they're important. But one, this takes the longest to master. Two, it provides the greatest um, chance that something can go wrong, right? And it's just it's just the most dangerous thing. I mean, and it, and it sets you up, especially in the 21st century, it sets you up for legal repercussions that you could go from truly trying to defend yourself to being identified as a vigilante or whatever and thrown in, thrown in jail and separated from your family, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the, the, the video was just, it just very quickly summed up, you know, here's this tough military guy, and people <laughs> wanted to chuckle it off and things like that, but here's this tough military guy that's like, screw that. Because the first, and, first lesson isn't you keep the weapon between you and the bad guy or you armor yourself or, you know, you control distance or whatever. That's not the first lesson. The first lesson yeah. is if you don't have to deal with the guy, if you don't have to deal with a knife wielder, if you don't have to get into a gunfight, if you don't have to if you don't have to deal with it, don't. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. So <laughs> that's the first lesson, but that's, you know, most people – 
most people don't get that. And the people who do will, will you know, their response is, well, duh, except that they're not walking the talk. So anyway. Yeah. But, yeah, we'll post that, that video. That video is it's very short. It's, you know, it, it, it'll come across as being funny. But one of my teachers taught me a long time ago that, you know, um, often the greatest philosophy can be hidden in humor. And the most serious-looking thing can strike you as being funny. Has that ever happened hmm. to you? Yeah. Like you're watching a movie and the bad guy does something that's just absolutely freaking diabolical, and you just, like, burst into laughter. And people look at you like you're the sickest individual in the theater. And, you know, if you're, if you're me, <laughs> I go, what? That was funny. Right? <laughs> right? Um, and other times, you know, a comedian will be in a role. And they'll say something, and you just stop laughing. And it puts you in this deep, insightful, holy shit, that's true, kind of moment, right? And what they did was they snuck this deep life, life lesson in with a, you know, wrapped in a, in, a, in a package that's all colorful and wrapped in a bow that you're willing to take. And people are willing to take philosophical and life lessons a whole lot faster from a um, from a comedian than they are from a priest or a uh, a teacher, guide, mentor, coach, mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. right? So, um, yeah, but I, 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 that just struck me as being, oh, my God, we, we need to talk about this. So <laughs> what do you think? I know your brain's based on things this week. But. Yeah, no, that was, a, that was a good find. I had not seen that one. seen a lot of videos online, but I had not seen this guy. So what what do you want to close with today? What's your what's your big uh, aha that you think uh, since nobody sent us any topics or whatever? Um, yeah, yeah, no topics. Uh, check the Q and yeah. I didn't know if anything came in. Not even Josh. What a slacker! Of course, he <laughs> Josh is going through the. Uh, he jumped on the um, uh, Ninja uh, Motivation and Influence program that we talked about uh, last one. Uh, the very next day, he jumped on the program so he's probably going through that this week so now if and and see here here's where here's where we put ourselves out there right it's funny because i get all this grief from people that i don't know what their background is right i know what they think their background is but see the ones i take seriously are the ones like josh who's going through a psychologically or psychology based program I'm not a psychologist, right? It's something I put together based on all this stuff I've learned um, throughout my life and through the art and other other studies and stuff like that, right? He's a psychologist or psychiatrist, right? Who's better suited to pick the stuff apart? Somebody who's who knows the science or somebody who learns something from somebody who may or may not know what they're talking about, right? The people I get no flack from are frontline cops, special forces, uh, you know, uh, undercover investigators. These are the guys that write to me and go, oh, my God, dude, that was an awesome lesson. That I, I can put that to use right away. Um, keep doing what you're doing because this is, this is what we need. It's obvious that you know, you know what you're talking about, right? The grief I get is from the guy who, you know, posts to a video, that shit will never work, man, because, like, my friend was attacked by somebody with a knife, man, and there was nothing he could do about it. 
Well, did your friend have any training? If so, what kind, right? What were the conditions? All those kind of things, right? So um, I, I, get, I get no flack. I get all these inspirational things from people that are in the trenches ducking fists and knives and bullets every freaking day. And the shit I get is from people that their only experience is in the dojo or, uh, or whatever. It's not that they haven't had like a high school fist fight kind of thing, but they, they didn't risk dying yet kind yeah. of thing, right? So, um, tell them okay with that. I'm, I'm, <laughs> you know, because, you know, when, when these people step up and go, dude, you're full of shit, right? I mean, they're the ones that I can't blow smoke up their ass. Sorry, my, my diction has changed, but I can't, right? It's impossible because they live violence on a regular basis. Yeah. Right? So. And, and I think, you know, my, my kind of thing to throw out with this is, you know, so many um, people may, you know, be listening to this podcast or be at classes training that don't, uh, that don't operate, you know, work. Uh, in the middle military or as a police officer, and they're not surrounded by that level of violence uh, on a daily basis. And you know, it's kind of kind of my perspective because I I kind of come at it from that. You know, I work at a radio station. Things are pretty calm here most of the day. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not ducking I'm not threat. ducking bullets here. But you know, I think. No. So much. But there's of constant what, drama and conflict, right? There's constant. Exactly. There's a constant stream of things. That could make yeah. you think and become a completely different person that hates the shit out of the human race. Excuse my yeah. language. Right. But it's true. You could become that person. I know because as a cop, a long time ago, I became that person. Because hmm. I was yeah. dealing with the worst of society I adopt for 24-7. Yeah. So I don't have to wonder why some cops just become pessimistic assholes and hate everybody and, you know, get trigger figures and things like that. People yeah. that hate cops, you know, want them to be something different. But you try living in a cesspool 24-7 right. and not take that home and not, you know, look around at the world like everybody's guilty. I just have to sit here long enough and wait until they screw up. I know because I developed that mentality. And then it was teachers in this art teaching these life skills that helped me get over that stuff, which is huge. Mm -hmm. But anyway, back to what you were saying. I, I call it well, my, I guess my point is really, um, you know, for, for those, uh, you know, looking to get the most out of this, this art uh, and, and training, that if you're not applying the principles, you're learning from something as simple as, uh, you know, kamai or, or uh, you know, angling and all these things we, we teach within a physical realm, if those aren't being expanded on into, into all aspects of your life, you're, you're only scratching the surface of what the training can do for you because, uh, you know, as I look back or I get older with this training, you know, I can certainly see, yeah, you know, when I started to today, um, you know, I still haven't been jumped. I haven't had to pull a sword on anybody. Uh, you, you know, <laughs> I, there all these things that I've trained all these different situations for have, have not arisen in my day-to-day -day life. But as, as you were kind of pointing out there, there's so many things uh, interpersonal day-to-day -day in the office setting, home life uh, that, you know, angling mentally uh, versus physically getting out of the way of an attack uh, in, right. in kind of a mental or principal way, as opposed to, you know, the physical nature of it. All of those things still apply 
but in a in a different kind of medium and uh, by bringing those things out from just the base physical side of techniques and training to where they apply and fit into all these little bits and pieces of your actual day-to-day right. life is where the most benefit uh, I think you know for me I've gotten and I think can be gained for lots of people if they look at it beyond just the dojo floor. Yeah, of course. And and here's a, there's there's part of a litmus test, right? Or, or litmus test, right? Because um uh, and here this this proves the point that most people are focused on the the, the physical thing and that's kind of like in a shoebox among a bunch of shoeboxes that make up their life, right? Like their job is one shoebox and and yeah. their, their relationship to another shoebox and whatever. So everything is compartmentalized, right? Um, but and I feel very very lucky to you know have trained with the both Japanese and and Western teachers that I have, who got the lessons way back in the day before you know we hit this point because Noguchi Sensei says it, Nagato Sensei says it. All these guys say that you know hear these lessons and they're um, you know I was in Japan. Uh, not not the last time, but maybe the time before, and Seno Sensei was kind of lamenting that, you know, he'd point something out in, in class and he'd go, um, you know, we used to do this all the time, and Sensei doesn't teach that anymore, right? So people have no idea what kind of gaps are out there, right? Hmm. But I feel very lucky to have started 30 couple of years ago, right? So, uh, but, you know, one of those aha moments that Kamai was holistic, and not just, it was just a different word that means stance, and it doesn't mean stance, right? The, the, they're named for completely different things, right? Hmm. But the fact that, 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 that Kamai was holistic, and not just, you know, there was a physical aspect to it, there's a psychological, strategic aspect to it, there's an emotional intent aspect to it. I'm still talking about the physical one, right? What about the concept that, that Kamai, right, is something that is designed to keep you safe against and to neutralize the effectiveness or the force of an incoming attack. That's what it's mm-hmm. designed for, right? Yeah. So what does Ichimonji or Seigan no Kamai look like, not with your body, but with your way of operating? What does Ichimonji or Seigan no Kamai look like in an argument with your spouse? Mm-hmm. Or what does it look like when you're, you know, dealing with a pushy salesman or what does it look like when uh you know your kids are throwing a bunch of shit at you because you're just old and you don't understand kind of thing right what does it look like right to to answer that question you have to break free of the it it always looks like this and your hands are in a certain place and your legs are in a certain place and god don't you look pretty that's awesome right um, so, see, that's easy for, and that's why most most people are there because it's easy to be an expert in that realm. It's easy to show perfect with that. When we're talking about what Ichimonji and Sagan looks like in an argument, there's only one thing that matters, and it's the results that you're getting based on proper application of the strategic and tactical um, principles. It's just, you know, because if somebody's yelling at you and you take up a kumai a physical kamai with your body, you look like a freaking idiot, right? <laughs> and or you end up looking dangerous and somebody's calling the cops or whatever, right? But this is this art is so freaking wide and deep that um, and I think this is, this is part and parcel with what I'm offering um, because, you know, 
I believe that, that well-intentioned people, there's just so many well-intentioned people wasting time, effort, money, all that, right? Jumping around through the training, jumping around through the art, doing kind of a Band-Aid approach or, uh, you know, they're doing the best they can with what they know, but they're being guided by people who jump around in the art and all that kind of stuff, right? And, um, or they're stuck in a 16th, 13th, 12th century answer to 21st century problems when, you know, ultimately they're the same. But either way, right, they look different, right? So um, they're doing this. Um, but, again, they're, they're being distracted or they're, or they're not able to focus. That things are just not focused, right? So mm -hmm. that's why I created these programs that allow people to move through things in a, in a logical way that makes the process as easy as possible to get from point A to point B and to give you real workable skills to deal with the kind of troubles and problems and things and threats that you have going on in your life every day and to get those things in place as quickly as possible, even at a foundation level, right? That way you can, you can truly be living the kind of life that has, you know, the confidence, the power, the control and all that, that you set out to do when martial arts became a possible solution for that or whatever else you're studying in your life that's supposed to be getting you to that point, right? Wouldn't it be great to have a successful end of the story that actually plays itself out soon, hopefully before you die, right? But soon, hopefully, because that's what you were trying to do when you started looking for teachers who could help you do that, right? Yeah. So, um, and I'm, I'm, and here's the big thing, and I, I don't know that I've been clear about this because it's easy to do in the martial arts, and I, I, I'm going to have to go back and really, really critique my website and my brochure and all that kind of stuff to make sure that um, I don't have any of these elements in there. Way too many instructors, way too many martial arts teachers and all that, well, they either do it or the students do it by putting them on a pedestal, right, is they set themselves up as the hero of the student's story, right? I'm here to save you. I'm here mm. to tell you how it's done correctly and all that kind of stuff, and I'm here to make everything okay for you. I'm here to give you the power of um, – I don't want to be that person. I can't be right. that person because, see, that runs contrary to human nature. We all want to be the hero of our own freaking story, right? So I don't want to be your hero, right? I'm, I need to make sure that I'm much more clear about the fact that I'm set up as the guide, right? And as cheesy as this is going to be sound, right, I'm the Obi-Wan or the Yoda to somebody as Luke Skywalker, or I'm uh, – uh, who, mm -hmm. who was the, uh, the guy's name in, um, in Blade? Right, Blade was the hero, uh, but Walker Whistler, right? Whistler, that's it. Whistler, Whistler yeah, yeah, you're right. You no, know? he was more of the guide, right? James Bond is the hero of the movies, right? But who makes sure that Bond gets back alive? Q. Q. Q is the <laughs> one that Q provides insight. He provides, you know, uh, tools and things like that. But it's up to Bond to put him to use, right? Because Bond's the hero. All of my students should be the hero of their own lives. They're the ones that need to function in their own sphere. 
I don't need to be your hero, and I don't want to be your hero, right? Um, I'll be your guide if you think that I have something to offer, but I'm not here to be your hero. Okay? And I think that's where most of these guys, because they need to be the guy or the girl, right? They're mispositioning themselves as the hero, and then they get pissed off because the only people that they're attracting are people that want to be worshipers or disciples, but they don't do the work, right? So then the teacher gets all flustered and stuff like that because these people come and they go, and they, well, mm. you know, once they don't need the, 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 the God shining down on them anymore, right, or they get tired of being told how wrong they are, or, you know, um, or they get tired of watching the entertaining demonstrations, they go somewhere else, right? I mean, underwater basket weaving starts looking pretty damn good. So anyway, but that, that's, that's part of my clarity thing. That's part of what came out of this week that I need to go back and really evaluate my stuff to make sure that I'm being more clear about letting people know I understand what problems you're trying to face. That's what this program is designed for. And when you go through it, you will have these abilities, not just more knowledge. You, your life will be better in these areas because – you gain knowledge and tools that are designed to do exactly that, right? And I yeah. want to make sure that um, nothing on my site or my brochures or my flyers or whatever has me positioned as the hero, not the hero. The teacher is supposed to be the guide, the mentor, the, you know, the person that provides the insight so that the hero can use that insight to blow up the Death Star or whatever, right? I mean, Yoda and Obi-Wan didn't blow up the Death Star. The kid who wasn't even sure he could do it, which I yeah. think is a, is a huge thing that people have, right? They get involved in the training, but there's this huge internal doubt. You know, am I going to be able to do this, right? I'm not, I'm not in shape. I'm winded easily. I'm, you know, have a, I'm, I'm a slow learner. Uh, you know, I, I know how I operate when my wife starts yelling at me. Holy shit, am I going to be able to handle it when a, when a knife-wielding attacker steps up? Yeah, if you go through the process and you're going through the right process, yeah. I mean, ultimately it's going to be up to you, but if you've been nurtured in the right way and you've got the right lessons, you stand a whole lot better chance than just by learning a whole bunch of monkey moves and not fixing that internal you, right? And... You know, I think the teacher also needs to make sure that he, that he or she understands the philosophical um, belief system or basis that the student has. And most of my students have a very clear-cut, albeit two-sided, belief system. And that hmm. belief system is good should always, good people should always be able to kick the ass of a bad person. And there's this idea of being self-reliant and self-sufficient, right? I shouldn't have to depend on the cops or whatever. Mm -hmm. Somebody shows up in my house, I should be able to handle this because I'm not going to be able to wait. So I understand that from a deep-seated belief system, my students have a self-reliance uh, belief system or philosophical basis, and they truly do see themselves as the good guy, and the good guy should win. So Right, so I mean, learning the learning the moves and being able to defend yourself is the external reason for doing it. But the internal reason, or the internal issues, are 
oh, boy, am I really going to be able to do this when the time comes, right? Or, God help you, if the, if the teacher causes some other issues like, I don't know, this guy's really confusing. Am I, am I even going to be able to understand this stuff? Or am I a freaking idiot and I'm just, I should just quit and be a target, right? So there's these internal issues that they have, and then there's this philosophical basis. So there's these three areas about my perfect students, the ones that are going to get the most value from me, right, um, I know about them. And then, you know, then we can, we can start training. But, I, again, my, my big thing now, I went through this training this week for me, starting the weekend um, and going into next week, I'm going to just really focus on clarity because that's the, that's the important side, right? They need to understand yeah. that I'm just not another guy teaching the same skills and techniques the same way. So, you know, um, why should I even bother listening to you? Listening to you? I don't know if that um, – anyway, Lee, Lee could probably speak on that because uh, I think Lee talked about that, the, the, uh, the episode we had right after spring camp, that uh, I'm not trying to be everything to everybody. I'm not trying to be the perfect guy, right? trying to help you be better than you were when you walked into the seminar or whatever. And it's not about giving you the techniques. Because I don't think there are any techniques or moves or strikes or whatever that we did when he was at that camp that he had not already learned a bunch of years ago. That's not where the growth was. That's not where the improvement in application or whatever. That's not where that was. It's not where it happened. Yeah. Hmm. So you can pick apart how crisp my kamai or my kata looks, but you can't pick apart the fact that when I, if I ever have to take that up, the eyes that will be looking into the eyes of my attacker will be the eyes that say, you better be willing to go farther than I am before you throw the first punch because I am willing to die at this point. Hmm. So I'm okay in my heart with that part. I don't have to have perfect technique because I only need perfect technique with this stuff if I'm defending against Kasem or any of the other guys that are like just fucking whoop-ass in this heart. Right. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and I, see, I make them my friends. That's the ninja way to do things. Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's that's all I have. Do uh, you have anything else to throw on top of that before we wrap things up? Oh, I think I'm I'm all out of juice. Yeah. Burned <laughs> up too many calories. That's right. <laughs> all right. Well, let's open up for a quick couple of seconds. See if anybody else yeah. has any. Questions or comments? I want people to feel like they're a part of this and there was a reason for showing up. So, um, Lee, you're—I don't know—are you within call? Are you, you're obviously still on. I saw you got booted at one yes, point, but um, anything? Any questions? Comments? No, I—I um, I had a bad signal there for a second. I had to call back in. Um, yeah, the great is always uh, one of the things I'm looking at right now is this: how to not hate. See this if I get this quote right. How to not hate the shit out of the human race, and um, <laughs> that, that, that's just something I seem to uh, seem to latch onto, and I think I need to learn a little bit more about that. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, uh, Mr. Francis, you still there? I unmuted people. Maybe he's muted himself. Hello. Hello. 
Uh-oh, who's that? Oh, he had his hand Uh-oh. up for a second. Hey, he had his hand up. Hello? You're going to make me do my Richard Simmons voice, and that's not pretty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the hand thing keeps going up. But, it, it, uh... It's there. It keeps going up. Maybe if it goes up again, I can hit it. Hold on a second. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Holy crap. Let's see if that does it. Are you there? I'm here, but I don't know if you guys can hear me. Yeah, yeah, we hear you now. I can now, yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. It's uh, showing the mute button grayed out, so I couldn't couldn't speak. No worries. Uh, Yeah, I'm here. Um, Nothing in particular that is jumping out of my mind. It's been uh, actually good to finally listen to the whole podcast uninterrupted. Oh, cool. All right. Well, you know they are recorded, right? This is true, (laughs) but again, the uninterrupted (laughs) part. Fair enough. (laughs) I I get it. You have family, right? So interrupted takes on a whole new meaning. Exactly. I'm working from home today, and everybody in the house is taking it now. Right. Dad! Dad! (laughs) Honey! I get it. I get it. I want to make a do not disturb sign for for the door in my office, but even if the kids listen to it, my wife will still, you know, walk in. So it doesn't really, you know. So <laughs> anyway, well, cool. Uh, let me check over there. Anybody else live on? Uh, those are the only two that I saw. But anybody else live on that has a question or a comment? Uh, checking over there to see if Tim had anything. I don't see anything. Looks like he had a problem for the, per- for the first almost 15 minutes. Uh, no, wait. Uh, one minute for before events start. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if he had a problem not hearing us at a certain point, or um, mm. if he was on and then uh, we suddenly. Pop- I don't know. We'll have to listen to the recording and see what it is that he heard. Uh, yeah. So let me refresh this. See if there's anything else. I don't see anything else. I don't hear anything else. So, uh, radio God. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks again, everybody, for joining us on Kuden. As always, keep the uh, keep the questions coming uh, through our Facebook page. It's definitely the easiest way, facebook.com slash podcast, And there's plenty of places where you can uh, go and download past episodes and get caught up. There's a bunch now. You know, I noticed that we're all with the podcast services and all the past episodes are up there. And I go, holy moly, you know, 60-plus episodes of just – yeah, this is 52. Listen to tons yeah. of content. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. just tons. You 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 could spend uh, a lot of hours just going through all of that. So, uh, there's 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 many many past episodes to go back on. If you feel that's like right. going on a Kuden binge, you definitely can <laughs> with the with the podcast services. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, and uh, certainly, you know, if there's any other questions that. Uh, crop up in in the week post those so we can uh, get to those on our next episode but thanks again uh, for joining us on kuden thank you for listening to kuden the podcast for self-defense and martial arts news interviews techniques and history for more information on upcoming martial arts seminars camps and classes with shihan miller or to submit a question or discussion topic to the show Call 570-884-1118 or visit warrior-concepts-online.com.